The Spanish announce table. Man, am I looking fatter again? Yep. Really? No, I don't. I mean, when you do that, yes. But I don't know how often you do that. Remember when I was really skinny? Yeah. Many, yeah, many years cool. ago. Yeah. It was a year and a half. I know. Yeah. Remember when I was really skinny? Yeah, now. I put on a little. I think I put it on 10 back. I need to hit it hard again. I'm getting ready to go to Mexico in like seven weeks. I got to get my beach body back on. Are we doing a show that week? Probably not. <laughs> It'll be for my 15 year wedding anniversary. It'll be in Puerto Vallarta. If I can sound really racist when I say that. Can I hold on? Can I? Can we? Uh, I hate, hate NPR does that a lot. So I listen to Up First every morning, right? Mm-hmm. It's a 10 minute just recap or not really recap, just what's the news of the day, right? And obviously, right now, recently, uh, the death toll in Puerto Rico, uh, the numbers have changed, right? Okay. But they have this correspondent, and he talks just as Midwestern American as you as it gets until it's Puerto Rico. And it's like, can you just fucking stop? Yeah, it's like, can you fucking stop? Because every word in the English language is basically coming from a different country. So we could do that with every fucking word. So by you doing the Puerto Rico, you're just being a douche. Like you're being a twat. And so stop. I hate and I understand. Right. Because, again, way back in the day of this show, the Lana Lana thing. Mm -hmm. I totally I totally get it. That's a name of a person. And that's how they want to refer to being like greeted or talked to. You know, so I get that. I, I will. I will concede that. But my. My main beef is we could do every German word with yeah. some, you know, or we could do, I don't know what the hell that was. We could do some French words with part of the, you know, we could do that with all of these fucking words. So let's just cut the shit with the, all of a sudden now we know a little Spanish word and we're going to yeah. say it all fun like that. Hate that. Two things. See uh, living legend. I'm not the only one doing terrible accents here. Uh, so Tom, you can get your, uh, proper beatings as well but i was talking with a gentleman who's who i was introduced through a friend of a friend and everybody kept calling him lewis 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 and i caught on pretty early that it's probably not how he would pronounce his name you know so i brought it up and then like the girl who's like dating him was like oh it's not just like lewis and i was like it's probably Luis, huh and he was like yeah that's generally how he goes but i gave up trying to even like say anything to people right ago and i was like right yeah yeah, and again, I, I I will concede the hey, this is my name. This is how I'd like to be referred as Lana Lana thing, right? Yeah. I get that. That is one where it's like, okay. But my bigger point is we could do this with all of the words. So let's just stop because what you're doing is not trying to be authentic to the word that you're saying. You're just trying to show that you know a little Spanish or you might be a little Spanish. And so it's just it's just so off putting. It is very unbecoming, I believe, of a person who's talking. It just makes you seem uh, needy and lonely. It seems like you're a person who doesn't wear their emotions on their sleeve, but you wear your depression on your wrist. It's like one of those people. Mm-hmm. And so eh, just stop it. 
Yeah, and if you like uh, to direct any hate mail or any comments, direct those to at TMAC underscore 816, or we are at Table Show, but uh, leave mine out of it. Do you think people are going to hate on that? No, probably not. It sounds like solid logic to me, and it sounds all-inclusive by being mutually exclusive. Exactly. Right. It's like hating everyone because it's everyone. You're not just... Pointing out I people, hate everyone, but I spread it all very evenly, right? Yeah, I don't just care if you're short, tall, equal opportunity uh, hatred. Just exactly, right. you will get these hands. Yes. Any of you, I don't any care. I don't care what you look like, what you smell like. I don't care your where age, you came from, yeah, I don't, what you eat for breakfast, nothing. what holiday you celebrate. I don't care what kind of car you drive. I don't care what kind of socks you put on. I don't care how you put your pants on in the morning. I don't care what kind of, uh, you know, what I mean, I don't, I don't care at all. None of it, Tom. Yeah. All of you guys can suck it from the back. You can know what I'm suck saying? It from the back, especially the guys. All right, Tom. It is episode 200. No, not especially because it's it's equal. It's right, equal. It's equal. So, it's equal so there's, there's, there's no whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> I like to rescind my comments. I'm deeply offended myself. All right, Tom. It is episode 225 of the Spanish Announce Table. Man, how was your week, Tom? My week since last recording has been pretty darn good. Went up to Omaha, Nebraska, and then went up to Lincoln, Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska, to visit uh, the girlfriend's brother and talk to him and uh, his family, and that was fun and nice and enjoyable. And then we took another hour drive up north. Yeah. Uh, Then we took another hour drive up north to go to Lincoln, Nebraska for UFC fight night. Good old James Krause won by second round TKO. with the the show. Big knee to the jaw and then followed up with some punches. He looked great. That was his 56th pro or excuse me, not pro, but his 56th total fight, amateur fights included. Mm. And that was probably the best he's ever looked in all 56. So that's saying something, uh, especially because he's getting better with age. So that's always great. Me too. Uh, and he's learning. Yeah. He's doing it. Me too. I'm getting better with age. Although I admittedly the bar was low. It took, you know, applying actual effort. Like before it was just no effort. Now it's a little bit of effort. Oh, Tom's being summoned. Look at this. Or- oh, oh. Uh, I asked. I'm going to give a shout out and some kudos Ooh. to the girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, the girlfriend, as we like to f- refer to it as deadhead. She has some deadhead today. She suffers from migraines. And oh, so I just yeah. call it deadhead. My wife so- suffers from those. They suck. Yeah. She, uh, she had a migraine today. Didn't feel well. I went out, got us dinner. And then I said, you know, tonight we're doing a recording of the podcast and she makes us a great herbal tea. And uh, I was like, I'd like to drink that herbal tea like during the podcast. That'd be cool. And she made me some. Look at that. that. I see it steaming. Yeah. Look at my thug life mug. I like that. Yeah, It's got a gun handle. Yeah, I got a gun handle. It says Thug Life in like the Run DMC font yeah. with the red lines on top and bottom. Love this cup. Uh, Sorry. So you saw the James Krause beat somebody up, which is always fun and always entertaining. Yep. Justin Gaethje in the main event won in a minute and some change, uh, knocking out uh, Vic. I took that long. Uh, James huh? Vic. Yeah, it was great. It was so good, too. The, you, this UFC event was the first time I saw it on Fox Sports 1, like a Fox Sports 1 event. It's the first time I went to in person, you know? Okay. And uh, six and a half hours we were there. Ooh. Ooh. So the, the you main event. You were working this one. Right. Yeah. No, I was sitting Ugh. in the stands. 
uh, I was um, the the main event. That's what I was going to say. The main event was scheduled for five five minute rounds, twenty five minutes plus a minute in between intermission. So thank God it ended in a minute and some change because we got out of there at twelve fifteen. I was so happy. Uh, it was way too long. The pacing of those shows is just stupid. It makes no sense. But all the fights were really good. All the fights. Becky Lynch's uh, boyfriend, Luke Sanders, he lost in the first round, but the guy that he lost to was really good. Um, so, yeah, did that. And then uh, came back home uh, to good old Kansas City. Uh, Tuesday was the girlfriend's birthday. And so we celebrated that. She turned 21. So it was good to see her. Uh, celebrating her birthday and uh, made her a LaCroix cake. Yes, I saw uh, that. You know, it, so for those who don't know, it was cans, but in a circular cake format. Uh, and so did that for her, took her to um, one of her favorite, favorite sushi places, uh, took her lunch to her work, um, got her uh, a, a massage, uh, got her car cleaned inside and out. And so uh, did all the good, fun things for the birthday. And then last night we did a family birthday for her and uh, went to a nice Indian restaurant. What was that place called, Emily? Squagat. Squagat. I don't know if I said that wrong. Squagat. Or Swagat. I don't know. Nailed it. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and Sounds so, vaguely racist. I, I didn't make up the name. <laughs> I know. It was, yeah, I didn't yeah, do it. Right. I hate everyone. Right. Exactly right. Uh, so, yeah. Um, between the birthday, the fights, uh, pretty good. And then we got a holiday weekend coming up uh, this we weekend. Do. So, looking forward to that. What about you? What would you do? Not much, man. First of all, I don't know if you suffer from seasonal allergies or allergic rhinitis or anything uh, of the nature. Um, no, my allergies aren't pussies. It has been horrific lately. And my wife's had it real bad, which has led to severe migraines with her. So she's been almost bedridden for a large portion of the days. And then it was so bad Saturday that like I just had to like sit in the dark and do stuff. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't even kind of focus really. So, uh, that's been real terrible, but we did have a swim trunk at a soccer game first soccer game of the season. Uh, so we went and did that. That was fun. They tied cause that's always fun. How soccer does that. Uh, does your daughter do soccer as well? No, she doesn't do anything, Tom, except wreck my car <laughs> and give me nasty looks and ask. For <laughs> It's all she does, Tom. That's what they do. Well, maybe you can uh, maybe you can enroll her into some driving classes with all that free time. Yeah. Um, no, uh, she is actually going to be in swimming this year, but she's tried a couple things, but she never really took to the sports much. But she's been in music, like band, uh, since like fifth grade. She, when we came to this school, they didn't have an orchestra, so she played the violin. They just had mm-hmm. like a pet band and they were like oh well we'll find a way right we'll squeeze in and we'll do something well what that meant was here here's a uh, a book of the oboe and just play the oboe parts or so it was something weird like or flute it was flute right and so she wasn't learning anything right so she's not going to do that this year it's her first year of high school so um she joined the choir so uh, we'll see how that goes you know what i mean um but yeah, yeah so she's more into that kind of realm than the sports All right yeah but But swim uh, trunk had a good time soccer swim trunk had a good time soccer tonight i pulled that car out of the ditch because a scrapyard's gonna come pay me a couple hundred bucks and tow that thing away but they were like yeah we won't 
we won't go down there, right? We'll come to your drive, but we're not going down there because if we mess up your land, we're not trying to be liable. So, so I had to f- hook it up to the truck and drag it all the way up the hill back up to the <laughs> back up Yikes. to the drive. So that was fun uh, figuring all that out. And here I am getting ready to do yet another fun episode of the Spanish Announce Table. Uh, did you like this week, man? What, what were your big comeaways? Uh, okay, yeah, I like how we're going to do this. So the big takeaways from the week. Um, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, you would think after, what, 18 years of them feuding off and on and being, you know, relatively close in the uh, stratosphere of wrestling that you would get tired of this. Right. But this feels like a completely new wrinkle to, a, like I said, an 18-year rivalry, you know, right. for the purest, you know, who've been following wrestling for that long and like the, you know, uh, TNA and all that stuff. If you're just a WWE fan, this just seems like maybe the first time they've ever wrestled, but maybe you are aware of something in the past. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this feels fresh. This feels good. It, it feels genuine. And it, it also, maybe it, another reason why I like this is it makes sense for me why Samoa Joe, one, would have Wendy's number, and two, would refer to, like, just have such a conversational way of saying her name it's not like a oh i found out your wife's name and i'm gonna say it it's like well yeah no these guys have known each other forever so of course right. he's probably met her and had conversations in the back Family so in that little right that's right. what i'm saying it it adds that little element because it doesn't seem like for example if samoa joe was saying randy orton's wife's name right like you, you're supplementing or if you're substituting randy orton instead of aj styles it would feel like well wait a minute how would samoa joe know his wife because you know this is the first time that they've ever they been in the have company. an employee handbook with numbers in it right right exactly but with the aj styles thing of because how long they've known each other it was like well yeah no this actually kind of does make sense i can suspend my disbelief and believe this because i know the real history of these two so i really like that that was probably my my best takeaway of the week do you think we're gonna get a brian pillman here is aj styles gonna shoot samoa joe in his house no but i think we're we might get a uh in your house pay-per-view no i was i was thinking more of a home invasion well what i was thinking what might happen is remember when triple h invaded randy orton's home and he like yeah. knocked down the the door and stuff. Right. Maybe something like that, but that wouldn't make sense because in that instance, Triple H was the babyface and was so like yeah. filled with rage. Maybe that's what he does. Maybe Samoa Joe pulls a swerve and goes, "Hey, actually, AJ, I'm home with my wife." And then ring at the doorbell. AJ goes, "I knew you were going to be here," you know, and chases him that way. I don't know. Maybe something like that. But I feel and like then they he might shoots him. Something. No, we won't do that. Uh, they won't shoot him. He's- easy uh did you listen to the samoa joe interview on sam rob finished but i was listening to parts of it yeah have you got to the q a from the fans yes did you get one thing i want to point out and if you've listened to the interview you'll know what i'm talking about if you haven't i just want to point out this real quick because it's been on my mind since i listened to it one question that samoa joe gets in a q a that he did for the sam roberts show uh was this fan attempts to ask back in the day uh, wrestlers had so much more of an edge yeah. and now uh, yeah. 
why isn't it that way? And Joe cut him off and was like, hey, you know, we reflect society. We say what is happening here. If I go out of this uh, ballroom or wherever they were at and I do something stupid, I'm going to be reprimanded on social media right. from now until forever. It's not just wrestling, it's society. But I disagree. And this is where I disagree. I don't think society – now, I do think we've evolved and got away from more – I think we've gotten away from the Tom Green jackass type of humor and craziness. Although, I mean, you can still find that on YouTube today, but it's not the mainstream way of comedy. Right. But I disagree with wrestling being desensitized that way. I still think that the edginess is what wins because you see storylines like Samoa Joe and AJ Styles that get such good, uh, feedback and you get the Becky Lynch Becky Lynch turned heel but we're cheering her because we understand her point of view right I think the reason why they've gone this way is because we're okay with companies having no integrity right so the company says we're not going to do that because we want to make money you the customer might want us to be edgier but our advertisers paying us a hundred million dollars from Mattel and all these places more of our revenue stream is coming from this yeah more of our revenue stream is coming from corporate america so we're going to go with corporate america and we all go like well that makes sense if i were in a company i would do the same thing too so i don't necessarily think they do reflect society and again especially wwe more the indies do but not the wwe because like we were talking about two weeks ago you know if you had the gold dust razor ramon storyline in 2018 gold dust is the baby face and razor ramon is the closed-minded bigot right Right. like we've changed and so i don't know if they've reflected that it's just been on my mind i don't think i agree with him because i feel yeah i see what you're saying i i think yes to a to an extent has society just kind of gone along with that narrative but i do agree with him that when he said maybe we just need to find a better way to tell a narrative which i agree with that now that yeah now that's just a general right yeah you can't make stone cold 2.0 with seth rollins or whatever right yeah now of course we always need to find a new way to tell a story he said if you if you had a company come out and do what we were doing the attitude era and it wasn't ww was just another company like it would be canceled after one episode and he's right in that regard like it would not go off well i don't know i i mean certain things yeah gold dust with the with the gag ball in his mouth, things like that. Yeah, that's not flying in 2018. Throwing women around and, and beating them up wouldn't go over well either. Yeah, but I think I think a Sandman chugging beer, screaming yes. "Enter Sandman" is completely 2018. Yes, yes. yeah. And extreme so, personalities should not be an issue. Right. It's just anyhow. So going back to my takes of the week, my favorite thing uh, that was my little sidebar. Uh-huh. Uh, my, my favorite thing of the week was the Samoa Joe. AJ Styles continuation thought that was perfect. I think it was just one more wrinkle, especially AJ running back and still looking for him and almost hitting a security guard uh, like on accident. Like he didn't hit him, but he almost did. You know, thought that showed great anxiety from him. The worst thing of the week, and I only will touch on this for a quick second, but Braun Strowman turning heel. I just yeah. did not like that. I and it, here's the other thing that also makes me upset is Stone Cold Steve Austin, first off, has changed everything. I feel like how Jesus is with time, like years and stuff, AD, BC, you know, I think we should do that with Stone Cold and pro wrestling because Stone Cold was doing heel things 
and we are cheering it. And so they almost told a different story as far as the commentators of what his actions were. Right. So, well, don't you understand why stone cold would attack Mr. McMahon? He's been, you know, kicked and beaten down for so long and blah, blah, blah. It's like, wait a minute. No, he's doing bad things. He's pouring beer on someone or pulling a gun on him, making right. him piss himself. Right. Like, he's but we cheered him in it. the hospital and beating him with a bedpan for Christ's sake. Yeah, exactly. Not so proper decorum in society. Right. Exactly. So, I think that changed the commentator's uh, way of telling a story because one thing that I noticed is when Braun Strowman does this heel turn, the first thing Michael Cole says is, well, obviously this makes sense. He was so upset last week because the Shield beat him up, so now he's getting uh, two friends to help him out in this war. And whether that's true or not – Braun has no friends. Exactly. And now we're just painting the story where it's like, don't you understand both sides of the story? So you figure it out. Uh, so, and now- yeah, I, I like the idea that maybe, you know, the idea of hard heels and faces is never there. It's all storyline to storyline. So you can kind of interchange back and forth. But this one doesn't have a clear cut face and heel here because if you're telling it that way in the storyline, the crowd is not playing along. And you right. haven't adjusted to that yet, so something. Is so almost tough. what you're doing, yeah. So almost what you're doing by aligning Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler with Braun Strowman is turning Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman, yeah, and uh, they Dolph Ziggler already face. getting a face reaction from a lot of people. So it's like, yeah, oh. yeah. And so we're just doing this almost, you know, how they say 50-50 booking the the yeah. Dave Meltzer term or whatever. Now we're almost doing 50-50 storyline writing where it's like, well, but can't you see both sides? So they might do something heel this week, but next week he'll do something babyface, And it's on you to decide if you want to cheer or boo. It's like, I understand that. Cause that's real life, right? Like I've done really bad things on a Wednesday. And then the next Wednesday I've done really good things. Right. So that is human nature, but it's also not compelling. It, you know, yeah, I'm not watching a choose your own adventure storyline here. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not reading page six and then saying, I want to go to page 32. I want to go to page seven. Like stop with this. Yeah. Choose your own adventure kind of stuff of telling me a story. So I, I, I that was my, my least favorite thing of the week is the Braun Strowman heel turn, I guess, because we're, are we just going to ignore the fact that he teamed up with a 10 year old at WrestleMania and won the tag titles? You know what I mean? Like yeah. he can, he'll team with your child, but if you have long hair and Samoan, watch out. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just really weird. I don't know. Yeah. It's an odd. And it wasn't even, and it wasn't even like a compelling heel turn. It wasn't like a dastardly thing. He just goes, "No, you yeah. beat me up last week, so I'm beating you up this week." Well, yeah, because we cheered him the whole time. He was bullying Kevin Owens left and right. Yeah. So why are we supposed to boo him now? Because it's the I Shield bullying and assaulting. Kevin Owens yeah. left and right until Kevin Owens cried and left. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the bully, right? I mean, that's what we did with Braun Strowman, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, if we, right. if we want to keep going down that way, but now don't expect us to boo because now he beat up Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose and yeah, Roman Reigns. This only enforces. Yeah. And you've made me want to not like Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose now. Like it's a yeah. weird scenario. And yeah. And Hey, what about this Kevin Owens thing? Like how far are they going to take this? I saw a tweet that they should let him show up at all in as Kevin Steen and, and we'll talk about I think all of later. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think a really cool move would now again, we're assuming that WWE is cool with this, right? Right. right. 
because I believe, did we talk about it on the show or maybe I heard it on a podcast, but someone had mentioned that, or no, Jericho had mentioned, that's what it was. Jericho mentioned that he brought up all into Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon was upset that they were doing it in September because September it's hard to sell tickets. Now this was before they went on sale and sold out in 30 minutes, but he was like, duh, really wish they would have chose a different day. They should have came to me. I would have helped out now. Who knows if that was just him saying it in the moment and now he says F off your competition or we don't know, right? But let's just assume that is Vince McMahon's feelings. Like, hey, I'm going to give the the good old ECW old rub. guy, right? Feeling well, he did this. He did, he did this to ECW, yep. right? He right. helped out ECW when they were just a little bingo hall. Now, this is a little bit bigger stage, he but likes it's seeing, only one show. He likes seeing a businessman-like ingenuity. You know what I mean? Yeah, he likes to see himself and others. Right. Right. Yeah. And maybe he sees that in Cody. So let's just assume that narrative is true. We're going to go with that. What I would do as far as this Kevin Owens quits thing, because the other person who got moved into the alumni section this week was Neville. And what I would do, I would have, I don't know. Let's try to think of of a fun tag team. I don't know if they have a match because I haven't looked at the card, which we're going to talk about all in in one of the segments after this uh, first one. So we'll get into that then. But let's just assume the Young Bucks don't have a match. They do. But let's just assume they don't. I think they're in a a six man tag going up against Ray and someone else. But Ray and someone uh, else gets injured. Well, yeah, or yeah, they. The, sorry, because this is a show. Transportation visa issues. Ray can't make it. The other two guy, Pentagon Junior, can't make it. So the Young Bucks don't have a team, right? Right. Then Trump stopped them the at the border, and they're still arguing over it right now. Right. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Uh, lights go out. Lights come back up. Pac shows up. Yeah, Pac. The name Pac. And then Pac comes out, right? And, oh, my God. Well, we kind of thought this would happen. He left WWE. Oh, my God. This is so cool, right? But it's only one guy. He goes in the ring. He goes, if you guys need a match, you can have a match. And they go, well, you're only one person. We're the Young Bucks, the greatest tag team in the world. Who's your partner? And then, and then Kevin Owens comes out. I didn't realize he had sick cats in his music. You didn't know that? No, I didn't. I never caught that. But now that's all I'm ever going to hear. Yeah, that's exactly what. Or whatever his, or maybe use his Ring of Honor theme. Right, I don't know right, what. That yeah, was. sure. Yeah, he'd probably have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can do the Kill Steen Kill T-shirt that he used yeah. to have. Uh-huh. Walks out in that. You have Pac and Steen versus the Young Bucks. Oof, and that's a good one. Right, and then you do that. You have. Neville turn on Kevin Steen. Kevin Steen has to take the pinfall. One, two, three. Kevin Steen goes, you know what? I was never uh, meant for this place. I'm better and bigger and better places. He leaves. Neville gets the, or Pac gets the heel turn, whatever. Young Bucks get their win because it's the Young Bucks. And there you go. Run, run off to the races. That's what I would do. I like that. But I think, or it would even just be cool. If they just did this, right? They just keep showing. They do an NXT thing to Kevin Steen where it's just like, you know, great night of action. That was an awesome match by Kenny Omega and fill in the blank or whatever. And then they just show in the crowd. There's Kevin Steen just sitting there and they just show him. They go, who is this? And then that's it. Well, if that would be fun too. He went to an NXT event and had the, the um, undisputed era shirt on one time yeah what, what's they could do something like that too he could go down to nxt for a while and show up and get involved with that storyline that would be fun too yeah 
Yeah, or have, or when he does come back, he comes back as the leader of the Undisputed Era, and they bring up Undisputed Era to the main roster. Although that's way too much con- constipation on the main roster, but maybe they do something fun like that. Well, that's why I think some folks, man, isn't it time for a well, clearing house? Yeah, spring cleaning, a late spring clean, a fall cleaning. Can we do a fall cleaning yeah. by Titus by uh, Dana oh, Brooke? Yeah, Apollo that whole team. Yeah, it can go. Heath Slater, Come Rhino. That's why we still got that guy around. That guy's still fun because he's Owen two hundred eight. <laughs> well, yeah, that gimmick, but eventually he has to win one. And then yeah, give done. him a win and then cut him. Yeah, give him a win and then cut him. Yeah, give him a uh, win so he can boost up his money on the Indies and cut him and wave his ninety degree or his ninety day. Right. So I would do something. I would do something with Kevin Owens like that. I, I think it would be fun. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I find it interesting, but that was fun. That, but again, that could also suck too, right? Because yeah. who's Vince McMahon's son was seemed cool, but then when it was Hornswoggle, we hated it. You know what else I noticed is Becky Lynch has never been more over with this heel turn. I mean, the crowd was slamming for her, man. They were yeah. so up her ass that like it's i can't even yeah i i don't know where they go from there either like i think they've got to kind of catch notice that the crowd wants to cheer the bad guys at the moment and they've got to rework their storylines around that again yeah i would say that you keep charlotte with the same mentality but just be like becky you know you were always second place like and then that turns her slowly heel but if you watched it someone posted it on twitter like i mean think about it when has a redhead ever won anything in life like when have they ever been the top anything like name one right like there's never who's the redhead president who's the red you know like come on you know what i mean like just be like i thought you understood yeah, uh, if Irish, someone I mean, really. <laughs> easy, easy. Uh, someone posted it on Twitter, but if you watch SmackDown with subtitles, it showed Becky Lynch and it said crowd cheering, and then at the very end, it had uh, Charlotte and it said crowd booing. Yeah, that's what the subtitles put. Yeah. You know? So yeah. yeah. So if you what were was deaf, your... you wouldn't understand. Right. Exactly. You'd be like, oh yeah, no, totally makes sense. Yeah. It, but one thing. Again, maybe this whole PG era thing kind of just, I don't know. But I think the promo was fine. I don't know if saying the word bitch in 2018 really gets you heat. Right. Right? Like Roman Reigns said it. You know. And we cheered that. um, The way she did it, though, was fun. It was a way I haven't seen anybody do where she was just, it was just like that guttural, like, you know, like you would say just on your way out, like as you're getting ready to slam the door, you're like, you bitch, you know, yeah. just like you're kind of almost unsure of saying it, but you're like, you know what? No, I mean it. Yeah, I'm excited for that right now. Smackdown. And again, it's been this way for a while with me. Maybe it's because it's two hours instead of three, but Smackdown is just hitting on all cylinders. I still think the Miz, Daniel Bryan thing was good. Uh, I, I loved, obviously, the AJ. Um, oh, was that good? Joe. Yeah. I mean, yes, but let me tell you what my worst thing of the week was. Brie Bella's okay. in-ring promo on SmackDown. And you could see Daniel Bryan, like, willing her down the lines. Like, he was, like, nodding his head, like, come on, we went over this a hundred fucking times. Like, God yeah. damn it. Like it was so rehearsed and spaced wrong. That it was just like, you are giving away the whole business here with Jim Cornette's having a heart attack. Swear to yeah. God. And by the, the way, and by the way, why is Brie Bella 
a uh, free agent. She has a match on Monday Night Raw with Nikki. Yeah, right. Yeah. And last time I checked, Nikki Bella was on the SmackDown roster. So why is either two, either one of them on Raw? Yeah, right? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But yeah, so if you paid attention, on Raw, Nikki Bella and Brie Bella announced they're going to have a tag team match on Raw the next week. But then on SmackDown, there's Brie Bella rehearsing her lines for the first time in front of the crowd. And so what? what? Get out of here. Yeah, I think uh, I really like the Samoa Joe AJ Styles thing a lot too. I really like how Samoa Joe is coming off, just aggressively intense, right? Just uncomfortable, uh, which is really good. And my favorite thing I think is the Tommaso Ciampa promo from NXT, uh, the backstage. I don't know if you caught it yet. Uh, I mm-hmm. told you about mm-hmm. it. He's sitting back there with the title, and he was like, "He's like, it's one thing to for a man to c- scratch and claw his way to the mountaintop. It's another completely to for him to make his nest there and call it his own." I was like, "Wow, that was a good line." So, yeah, yeah, I liked it. It was really good. I thought uh, the start of the investigation to who attacked Aleister yeah. Black on NXT is going to be really good, yep, yep. and the interviews that they did. Yep. Um, yeah, good. I thought yeah, so many angles and storylines to tell that all center around you know the 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 boss, right? Like he's yeah. there at the center. Yeah, it's a good way to get him involved in everything on the show. Yeah. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I think storyline wise, right now they're hitting a good groove. It's just sad to me that the most I- inconsistent storyline that they're telling is the main event storyline of the company, yeah. right? So the the only one where we go, this doesn't make any sense, is the one that's closing the A show, and that's why people go like, wrestling isn't that fun. It is. You have to just unfortunately try really hard to find the fun spots and honorable mention uh this week to pete dunn man every time i see pete dunn he's knocking it out mm-hmm. the park he's really good mm-hmm. yep yeah i like him yeah. a lot him and ricochet having that tension while they were tag teaming and him like eyeing the belt and everything was real good mm-hmm. uh, that should be fun to have that play out i hope they get into that a little bit that should be fun. Yep. Uh, one one of my so I'll I'll share share with you my uh, little dark horse moment of the the week. The one that kind of snuck up on me and I liked really uh, so much fun is backstage when they showed the undisputed era. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly was like tuning his championship belt yeah. as if it was a guitar. Yeah, <laughs> right. He's doing the Hogan. <laughs> That's so great, but he's tuning yeah, it he's up. Tuning it, yeah. All right. Well, you got to tune it up, man. You know, you That's so stupid. You gotta tune up the stick before you go playing it. Uh, you knew that is great. That is uh, so great. Well, yeah. So, all right, we can take a break there, don't you think? We can come back. What, what are we going to talk about first? We can talk about all in, or are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the PWI top five hundred. PWI. Yeah, we'll Let's do, do the, the PWI because then we're going to do the uh, the Spanish announce table top ten. Uh, <laughs> oh, which reminds me, uh, we have a little clip for that, right? It's it's the Spanish announce table. A tan, a fucking tan. Yeah. So, yeah. so we'll do that, and then uh, yeah, then we'll take a uh, we'll do that when we come back to the Spanish announce table. Fun fact: Before he became Kane, Glenn Jacobs wrestled as the Christmas creature and wore Christmas decorations to the ring. The Spanish announce table. This is Doctor Tom Pritchard. You're listening to the Numero Uno podcast in all of professional wrestling, the Spanish Announce Table. The Spanish Announce Table. So, all right, Tom, um, you love lists. You're a big list love guy. It. 
And if there was a channel, if there was a TV channel of just list or a magazine publication of just list, I would subscribe to it. And that would be my life because I just am fascinated with list. I love it. Well, and a great round number uh, to, to do with lists is a 10, a fucking 10. And the PWI uh, Top 500 is a yearly list of rankings of wrestlers around the world by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And they gave us a little sneak peek and they gave us their top. A 10! A fucking 10! We're going to talk about that and then we're going to talk about each of our top. A 10! A fucking 10! Right? Yeah, there you go. I like it. So, uh, as Tim mentioned, uh, PWI put out their uh, top 500 wrestlers in the world. Um, and we've talked, yeah, and we've talked about it in the past. We've actually had a few guests that have been featured on this list. Uh, the way we actually got introduced to local wrestler, Jeremy Wyatt was actually through this list. So that was pretty great. Um, but so, yeah, uh, obviously we're not going to go through the top 500, but as Tim said, 10 is a fun number. That'll be bonus content dollar an episode. Yeah, there you go. Uh, dollar a pick. We'll go to all 500. Uh, but here is the PWI 2018 top 10. Top 10. We'll Let's go number 10. The, uh, the sound clip for a while. Yeah. We'll go 10 to 1. How about that? Or all do you right. want to go 1 to 10? 10 to 1. 10 to 1. In the 10 spot for PWI, they have the awesome one, The Miz. Mm-hmm. I what like do you this think? pick. I like this pick. He's in my top 10, spoiler alert. Um, I think he's putting in some of his best work right now. And if I was trying to show somebody wrestling, uh, like as it stands today, who hasn't watched in a while, I'd tell them to watch some Miz promos, like catch a Miz TV segment. Or, or matches, yeah. Or matches, yeah. Like I, I think he's hitting on all cylinders right now. And I think he could be in some big time top storylines and is is with daniel bryan obviously i mean that's a you know a big name that he's working with and obviously they have a long history so yeah i think miz is nailing it right now yeah i think every storyline in the last year that miz has been in has been great i think obviously right now the daniel bryan storyline is really fun before that the b team uh introducing those two to like elevate into a different type of uh talking points giving them something to do shows you how good of a star the yep. miz is I think also how he was, even though Roman got sick and everything, uh, was able to goat the um, uh, shield to get back together. I thought he did really well with that. Uh, the the little takedown of Braun Strowman when they did the match where then it started the Kane and Braun feud. I think he's just doing a lot of great things. I would actually say if you're an old-time wrestling fan of like the 1980s and you've just – you know, the 1990s were too much. It was too vulgar and everything like that. If you're wanting to get back into the wrestling and what is the current state, I think the best wrestler for you to watch is Miz because he's a throwback to the golden era. I think if you put the Miz and substituted uh, Ravishing Rick Rude out and put the Miz, it's the same thing. Like, it's the same. Great- Roddy Piper, as it were. He's got the you think he's that? Well, no, nah, I think he's more. Uh, now I agree with like, yeah, he has the TV segment. He's the top heel consistently, things like that. But his character reminds me of more, uh, Rick rude. Yeah. Where it's like, guys, you're, you're yeah, not as good as character. Me. Not so much a Piper, but the role I feel like, right? Yeah. Like, so mm-hmm. not in, you know, the main title picture often, but can carry every other thing and help get other people over left and right and look like a million bucks while doing it. 
Yep. All right. So now let's go to number nine. We got Naito, Mr. New Japan Pro Wrestling's rising star Naito in the nine spot. What do you think about that? I am completely ignorant to this one. I don't know. Naito is cool. I like Naito, right? So Naito seems, as I said, kind of the the biggest emerging star. Now, obviously, there's some others in there. Uh, Okada, um, obviously Omega, but we'll get to them a little bit. Uh, But Naito, I felt like established, hey, I'm a top tier guy in this promotion in 2018, he turned some heads, had a great feud, not a great feud. He had a good feud, I think with Chris Jericho, um, losing that feud though is kind of what stood out to me. I don't know if I'd put him in my top 10. I'd probably put him in the 20 to 30 range, but he does good matches. He's very captivating. He has a very cool aura to him. It's like one of those things where, uh, obviously not, uh, the same vibe as Raven, but Raven just seemed cool and it didn't seem like he cared. And Naito kind of does the same thing to me where it's like, man, this guy's just cool. Like the storyline might suck, but he makes it kind of captivating and interesting. I just want to watch to see what he does. So I like yeah, him for that reason. That is exactly how I always felt about Raven. I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool, man. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. what is going on with Raven? Now, obviously Raven was a little bit more dark and, uh, you know, uh, had these weird like uh, st- storyline rhymes right. to his Fancy promos and stuff like yes yeah yeah no there's some weird stuff but Naito's not doing that but he's doing the like aloof kind of cool guy and it's like it works yeah right, number eight in the PWI top five hundred Cody Rhodes yeah I um. I think Cody Rhodes is another one who can seemingly do no wrong. Uh, I'd put him a little higher, I guess, on my list. Another spoiler coming up. But, yeah, just the guy who's uh, the god on the indies, right? I mean, first of all, the clout of walking away uh, with the family name that he could go back at any time. I mean, he would just need to pick up a phone. And especially Mm -hmm. since his dad died, you know, I mean, like it would be a a very welcome homecoming and they would probably put him in a decent storylines right out the jump. Um, Mm -hmm. And it would be big news. Um, But he's just not doing that. And in fact, he's going all in the other way, uh, which we'll talk more about, uh, you know, coming up. But um, just a guy who has never stopped learning and improving uh, since he came in, since he started showing up on our television. Yeah, uh, I like Cody Rhodes a lot. I, I, this version of Cody Rhodes is better than any Cody Rhodes version in WWE. Obviously, way better something. than. I can yeah, see and, a lot of good versions. Yeah, and way better than you know Stardust. Yeah. Uh, I think outside of the ring is what's gaining him a lot of notoriety. As you mentioned, the All In kind of being the face of that with the Young Bucks as well. But really, it's Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks as far as All In, All In, and and. Uh, my opinion, uh, but he had good matches with Dalton Castle. Uh, his his feud within the Bullet Club with Kenny Omega, I thought was really really done well. Uh, so I, I was I was happy with that spot. I had him a little bit lower, uh, but still in my top ten. So that can kind of you can figure that out. But we'll give that to you in a little bit. Uh, but I thought he was really good, especially again uh, for us, me and you. I think for you to get noticed by us. It takes some takes some effort. We don't necessarily go out and seek after the evolve or progress or uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling hottest young star. We just you know get on our radar. We're watching WWE and Cody Rhodes did that, so I thought it was a testament to how good he was this year. Yeah. All right, number seven 
It is the most controversial wrestler in today's WWE, Roman Reigns. Yeah, um, I too have him higher. Um, he just, he, it just probably the most talked about um, non storyline situation in all of wrestling, right? It's the where do you stand on the Roman issue? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, and, and everywhere we go, people either want to see him do well or want to see him get destroyed. So, uh, you know what I mean? He's, he's money either way right now. Yeah, I don't have him in my top 10. I'm looking through just to make sure that I'm accurate in saying that. Uh, yeah, I don't have him in my top 10. Uh, I don't like him. Uh, again, I've yeah. always said. I guess I've it said depends on how we do our top 10 because if it's just who we like, my top 10 would be totally different than who I think well, is the top 10 wrestlers. Right. Well, um, I don't have my top 10, but it's for this reason. I think his matches are outstanding. I think he's a very good wrestler. I think he does everything that he's supposed to. But for me, there's no emotional response, right? So every storyline he go, he's in, whether the crowd boos or cheers, I don't care. I'm only worried about me. And I've said this on the show since he's been pushed to the main event spot. He's Lex Luger. And yeah. if you guys watch during the, the attitude era wcw lex luger was always around and always doing stuff but not necessarily move the needle and i think if you put roman reigns back in the attitude era he looks the part his matches are always really good better than lex luger's but you know his matches are always really really good he doesn't do anything that makes you you know strike out since that stupid suffering succotash promo that he did that one time uh right but nothing he does is a strikeout but in my opinion, nothing he does is he, is a home run either. I would have him in that 20 to 30 range with the Finn Bowlers and stuff. I think if it's not the machine pushing him, that's Perfect. where he kind of ends up. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm seeing him September 15th, by the way. I watched his uh, new Netflix. It was real fun. Yeah, I don't want to see it because I don't want that special to be what I see. That's why I haven't seen it's it. So fun. But I heard it's really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping it's the spe- – uh, the we saw him last year. I'm hoping – the stand-up that we saw last year is the special, and then when we see him in the 15th, it's something new. But anyhow, right. that's sidebar. Uh, but Roman Reigns number seven. Now, number six, in my opinion, his biggest rival in his career. Uh, we have his uh, um, rival here. Didn't know why I said that twice. But it's number six, Braun Strowman. Strowman, uh, another one I have hired just based on he's one of the draws I, I i always think of that too like to me one of the most successful wrestlers is somebody who can draw on the people who aren't always gonna watch right like everybody uh, us and guys like us uh yeah we know man like cool you like this the best but man you'd watch whatever's here and pick something that you like the best if there's somebody who's got a mainstream media drawing power, which I feel like Braun Strowman has, he's the one where you'd be like, look what they did with this guy and look how massive he is. And he's huge. And listen to how funny he talks and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, in the catchphrase. So yeah, I would have him much higher, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue if anybody had him not in their top 10, you just got to kind of look at him sideways. Yeah. Uh, Braun Strowman was great. Uh, I have him a little bit lower, but still in my top 10. I think what hurt him in my eyes is he kind of got lost in the shuffle there for WrestleMania. I think they kind of rushed a kind of storyline that didn't make any sense with, hey, I'm going to be a tag champion with a 10-year-old and whatever. And so that was kind of weird. 
I think after that, before his current storyline right now, he's been kind of lost in the shuffle. Now, to what you you said, he's over. Every time he comes out, everyone, I love it. You love it. He's adding more offensive moves that the running shoulder block to the outside that spins yeah. Kevin Owens out of his underwear, I think is great. So he, he's doing great. But that, number six, Braun Strowman. Number five. Well, real quick, uh, I want to throw in a, a hashtag tweet the table here from at B underscore double underscore. D. D D says, uh, hey, Vince, you hear that noise when Braun walks out? That there is called cheers. Roman don't get that. Hashtag tweet the table, which kind of sums up uh, what we talked about earlier with both of those characters. Like they seem to just yeah. kind of not figure out how to play both of those guys. Yep. It's it's weird. But uh, yeah. So number six, Braun Strowman. Number five, we got the intercontinental champion of the WWE, Seth Rollins. I like Seth Rollins. Um, I would. I have him in my list too. Maybe not at five, uh, but he uh, definitely did wonders with the IC title there, and obviously, what still can. Um, and I feel just uh, just that Mister Consistent that you could in any moment, if we had to, you know, somebody gets hurt, we could throw Seth Rollins into a world title mix, and, and you wouldn't bat an eye yeah. at it. And he could carry yeah. the company, and he's good at what he does. And he's uh, can work any style in that ring and can kind of work from underneath. He can work with the smaller guys. Like he is that really good utility player that they got going for. Him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Seth Rollins is great. I think he's when if he was in the Roman Reigns position, he's the best wrestler in the world every year until they choose otherwise. That's how good I think Seth Rollins is. I think what hurt him in my eyes and why he's not number one in my book uh, for 2018 storylines that never really hit. I think all of his matches were consistent, right? So if you're looking, for example, let's just use the latest one with Dolph Ziggler. That storyline sucked. It wasn't good, but the matches were insane. And Seth Rollins did that each and every time, right? So he did it with Dolph Ziggler. He did it in the little triple threat with Miz and Finn Balor. He brings it consistent, and that's what keeps him in our good graces, I guess you could say. Right. If you remember, he went almost, what, two hours it was in that gauntlet match where he beat John Cena, then he beat Roman Reigns. Uh, you know, and His he, in-ring work is putting him way over. Uh, he did, however, take like 10 minutes in the bathroom when we only had five minutes of his time. That happens. Uh, yeah. Hey. When you're the man, you take your time. Well, we figured out that was uh, Montel taking his time getting an autograph or whatever in the bathroom from, or whatever his name was, Martel from uh, the old evil empire. Anyway. But yeah, so I think Seth Rollins is keeping uh, himself in the picture by his in-ring work. But what I think is suffering is lack of direction. Even right now, he's in the this Shield versus Braun versus now, I guess, Dolphin uh, Drew McIntyre, but what's getting lost in the shuffle is the Intercontinental Championship because his storyline's not really defined. So, right. uh, Seth Rollins in the number five spot. Now we're going to go to maybe the most controversial wrestler outside of Roman Reigns in all of W or in all of pro wrestling. Number four, we have Brock Lesnar. Yeah, um, but I, this is smack dab where I have him too. He hits. He's Another one of those that has a mainstream appeal, right? I mean, you can bring up the name Brock Lesnar on any television show and somebody's going to look up and kind of want to see what's going on. Um, he will always look the part. He can always come in and give you a a spectacle of a match, whether or not you'd call oh, it maybe yeah. a good wrestling match. Uh, you know, it, it, it leaves some to be desired, but it is a spectacle and it can look brutal and can get someone over. 
Yeah, and I, I think he has the best two minutes, the best first two minutes of a match more than anyone else. The, the, I will put the first two minutes of any match he's had in the last year up against any match yeah. only having two minutes. The gate, yeah. yeah, the first two minutes of every Brock Lesnar match is a spectacle, makes you get on the edge of your seat. You don't know what's happening. He could really knock this guy out as he almost did with Braun Strowman because Braun got a little too... Uh, snug with him. Yeah. Uh, I, I I find him captivating. He's awesome. He's he's spectacular. Uh, I think he's great. I don't have him in my top ten, uh, and the reason is is just because, man, you gotta. There's other guys that are bringing each gotta, and every week. Got to wrestle more than ten times to be. In yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to wrestle more. You got to wrestle more times than there are months in the year, right. right? So if you don't wrestle more than twelve times, I can't put you in the top ten for me. That's just me though. All right. All right, let's move to number three. We have the Rainmaker, Okada in New Japan Pro Wrestling. What do you think about Okada in the three spot? Um, I've liked him every time I've ever seen him, but I admittedly, again, have not watched much outside of WWE, United States product. Um, But another one whose name is always brought up when I hear of something else going on outside of the WWE universe. And from what I've seen, very impressive. So, yeah, it's going to be hard to argue. Me. Yeah, yeah. I think him in the top ten totally makes sense. Um, I don't have him in there just because I felt like after the Kenny Omega matches, uh, and maybe this is my own ignorance, but I felt like he kind of cooled off. Uh, I felt like after Kenny Omega beat him, then he's kind of gone in this whirlwind of, oh, we're losing to evil now, and then we're also kind of just hanging out and we've dyed our hair red. Why is that? And nothing. It just seems like he's kind of lost. I think the peak of his year was absolutely amazing. And that's what justifies the three spot with his matches with Kenny Omega. But at, other than that, I'm not really sold. I would put him in my 10 to 15. If you were to say to do 15, I'm putting him probably 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. But I think he's awesome. I think he has the best drop kick other than Randy Orton. Cause I still think Randy Orton has the best drop kick in pro wrestling. That's uh, true. You know, Fukata, went pantless maybe you know he'd be the number one spot but yeah uh i think he's great though i like i love his rainmaker finish Uh, i think his all of his matches are very entertaining like you said and he gets on our on our radar when we're not necessarily seeking that out so that says something as well all right number two we have a j styles yep definitely um uh, definitely one of the top stars of the world and been carrying that title for how long now? I mean, he's had it for a good Forever, amount of time. Forever, it seems like. And yeah. carrying it well, and each storyline has felt fine. I haven't felt like, okay, guys, this is, let's move this on, right? Like you get on the raw mm-hmm. side a lot. Like uh, he's really done pretty well with it um, for a guy who I thought they would never give a chance to. So yeah. uh, he's, he's killing it. Yeah, I, I love AJ Styles. Uh, you know, he's one of my favorite all-time wrestlers, Top five, uh, probably in the fifth spot, if I was being honest. Uh, Thank you. So great. Uh, This year, he's been killing it. I think the Nakamura feud didn't do wonders. I think they got a little too cute with it with the, hey, we're just going to be dick punchers. Let's just do that. I think that wasn't the greatest, but it was still good. Uh, He had matches top to bottom with all these hell his match with uh, CN. uh, What's his name? The uh, CN almost. Andrade Cien, almost, yeah, almost. I thought that was really good, and that was just a throwaway. Hey, we're on SmackDown. Let's have a match. Yeah. Uh, I thought he's been great. He's yeah, hey, week in, week out. It's always microphone great. again. 
easy. He can't speak the language. Well, yeah, so then don't let him try. Well, eventually, you can't, you know, you can't just be a mute. Isn't that what they uh, do at NXT, like in the performance center in their classes for this? Easy, That's easy. they give him the girl. Well, yeah, but eventually you have to hear his voice. I, yeah, well, they tried to not do that with Kane. <laughs> all right. That's true. All right, anyway. uh, all right, and now the number one spot. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already watched this list or looked at this list before you put on the podcast. But in the number one spot for 2018, PWI has Kenny Omega. Yeah, which is another one who's on my list, but maybe it's just my own ignorance. I've got him way lower just because, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of that, you know, so I don't see him as much. I'm, I'm not as exposed. But another one that every time I do see him, I'm like, this guy is good and could definitely be in this same number, you know, in this top 10 for me, even if he was in the WWE realm, because I, I could definitely see that talent in him. Yeah, I think he's the best wrestler in the world outside of WWE. I don't have him in my number one spot, but I definitely have him in my top 10. I think he's amazing. I think his matches, like I said, with Okada, with Okada were insane. I think his match with uh, Chris Jericho and that feud that led up to it, uh, to the match, I thought that was really good. Uh, I think what he's doing right now with the Golden Lovers and how he like broke off from the Bullet Club, created that, then came back to the Bullet Club. His little mini feud that he had with Cody Rhodes, I think, was spectacular. He's done so many things that justify the number one spot. For me personally, again, I'm a WWE person, so you can say bias all you want. I think their schedule makes um makes you have to be a little bit more creative i think i think one caveat that's really nice in the new japan pro wrestling world is that you don't have to be on the road every single night and every single week you have to like they have they have almost seasons right so now we're doing the g1 so you can kind of just go into a fun storyline there and then then we're getting into something else and so uh i don't think the rigors of a wwe schedule are the same in new Japan pro wrestling. And that's literally the only reason I'm taking them out of the top spot. I think this sounds bad, but do it in the big show. You know what I mean? Yeah. That mentality, uh, is what I'm keeping them out of the top spot for. And you could hate that if you want, but that's, Hey, this is my list coming up. Um, but I still, I think he's amazing. I think his promos are a tad dorky. I kind of lose when he talks, he talks like a, I don't know, like an anime kid. It's weird. I don't even know what that means, but he just talks like a, a, a buff dork in the corner that I don't want to look at. But his matches are insane. I do like his finisher. I like the gun thing. He's awesome. He's great. All right. So there's the PWI top 10. Let's get into the Spanish announce table 10, Tom. Like this is where you and I are going to give our thoughts on it. Now, again, I picked mine on just here's what I see and hear about and here's where I would rank them based mm-hmm. on a myriad of factors who do i think's uh carrying the company the most so you know a bunch of just kind of weighted that i'm not even like thinking about just kind of on first glance what's my gut feeling based on mm-hmm. a myriad of factors that i would think what makes a good wrestler overall package all right let's hear it yeah. go t- go 10 to 1 on us there right. tim and number 10 i'm putting in pete dunn i think he's epitomizing an old school um he was healed, but everybody's again drawing to him. I think there's a wave now where the the crowd's wanting to cheer the bad guys a lot more again, like the, and they're really forcing that hand, right? They're not playing along anymore. And Pete Dunn's done it through just good old fashioned tactics, right? Like dirty messing with people's fingers and just being an unlikable sour puss of a guy, but always delivering great matches, 
great, you know, storylines with these people without really having to do or say much, just being himself. Yep. So All right. I, I think he's, I like, I, I, I like him there at the number 10 spot. I like it. I think he's awesome. I think I don't have him in my top 10. I think I need to see a little bit more from him, but his, his freedom to wrestle outside of WWE on these European shows yeah. and, and do things like that, I think is awesome. Uh, and he's really good. They're really going to base him around the start of this new NXT UK thing, Yeah. which, Hey, here's mm-hmm. some, it's NXT UK, but it's the WWE UK championship. Yeah. No, don't let the details get in the way of All a good right, story. Okay. All right. Okay. Because, yeah, they got the NXT North American title, but then there's the WWE UK title. Yeah, you know, that's what, that's what happens. All right, am I going on number 10 or are you going to go with number 9? No, hit your number 10 and then tell me your number 9 oh. and then I'll tell you my number 9. We'll zigzag. Gotcha. All right. All right, we'll zigzag. All right, my number 10, we talked about him earlier, but I got number 10, Cody Rhodes. As I mentioned, I think his matches with Dalton Castle is great. I think what's gaining him the most popularity, though, are the things outside of the ring, the all-in event, the uh, freedom to speak his mind on Twitter, things like that, which is amazing. But that's not necessarily pro-wrestling as far as in-the-ring storylines. Again, I liked what he did with Dalton Castle in the title. I liked what he did kind of being that rogue... uh, I don't know how to describe it, but basically like a heel within the heel faction of the bullet club going after Kenny Omega there for a minute. Um, all of that confusion and fun stuff. Uh, and he's a really great, great wrestler. Like I said, this is the best Cody we've ever seen. Uh, and I definitely think he's amazing. So, and again, to get noticed outside of WWE in my world says something. So I got him in number 10. Now, number nine, this is going to be way overreach, but I wanted to be a shock to the system but not the undisputed era. But I wanted to, I want to throw in a, a wrench here to get your reaction and get the listener's reaction. But this guy in the last year is someone I am not missing at all. I haven't missed this feud with EC3. I didn't miss this feud with Ricochet. I didn't miss this feud going into the ladder match. But at number nine, I have the Velveteen Dream. I cannot get enough of this guy. I think he's amazing. I think he's captivating. I think he does normal things and gets me excited about him because I don't know. Maybe I have a man crush on him. I think he's unique at the takeover events. His wrestling has a little bit to be desired. He's not the cleanest, you know, technical wrestler in the world. Mm -hmm. But again, that's not what it's all about. Right. I I make him appointment style viewing. If I hear or if I know he's going to be on a show, I make sure to sit down and watch that. He is, to me, the NXT version of what Naito is in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I watch NXT more than I watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. So that's why I put Velveteen Dream in the nine spot. I feel like I, I really like the Velveteen Dream, but I didn't put him on my list because I almost feel like he's in... What I would consider, if we were talking about football, he's the guy just now winning the Heisman, right? Like, right, exactly, yeah. Right, and that's why I threw him in there. Yeah, I, yeah. Right. he probably should be in the twenties to thirties, but I wanted to be a little bit, you know, fresh and right. unique in this. Right, like I'm ready. Like, okay, you can clearly dominate this. Like, and and we haven't even seen you dominate it, but I could tell. Like, if we gave you the time, you're going to dominate this. So should we just go ahead and bring you up here and let you start trying to dominate? Right. Yes. And, and and to keep going with your football analogy, you know, he just won the Heisman and we don't know if he's going to be Barry Sanders or Johnny Menzel, but right. everyone's watching him right now. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my, and Cody Rhodes is a good one. I've got him a little higher. We'll get to that later. My number nine is one you probably got a lot higher and it's Kenny Omega. Uh, same thing. I think, you know, I'm hearing rumblings, I'm hearing his noise, but 
Um, for me, I watch American television, and if you were that good, you'd show up on my American television, right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. my dirt's better than your dirt. So, yay, America, right. right? So, yeah, Kenny Omega in at number nine. Um, at number eight, I've got Seth Rollins for reasons we talked about earlier. The workhorse, I feel, of the road for WWE as far as we could put on any show. He could also go to a house show and be the name on the top of the poster, right? But Or he could go to the big show and be the great second to third last match and, and everybody's behind him and loves him. Definitely, yeah. He's on my list as well. I'll get into my reasons when I get to him. Uh, but I think he's great. I, I, I think he's awesome. All right, so he can my eight is Braun Strowman. And okay. my reasoning is because he's so over, right? Like two weeks ago on Raw, when he walked out, literally the whole crowd just popped out of their seat just to go, Rawr! and as stupid as it was, and not necessarily the greatest television I've ever seen, but he got over, not to the greatest extent, but he got over being a tag champion with a 10-year-old, for Christ's sake, yeah, right? right? I love, I love... Uh, as I mentioned, that outside of the ring shoulder tackle that he does to just anyone and everyone, I, I think it's amazing. I think it's great. Uh, and I think he's the top baby face in the main roster. I think yeah. we want to cheer him, and it's because he's so freaking big and so freaking cool. He's a he's a walking Sasquatch. Did you see his girlfriend's shirt in that one picture that says, I get these hands or whatever? I get right. these hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah he's, he just he seems great. Uh, well, who would like him, right? You feel like every. Uh, NFL star and NBA star would like to be seen with him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's just that guy that everybody's like, oh, snap, Braun Strowman. Yeah, and his character is cool because it's like sometimes you just want to yell and right. throw someone from one turnbuckle to the other one. Yeah, if you hooked up, that's what you would be, right? You would turn to yeah. Braun Strowman in the office. Exactly. All right, now my number seven uh, is in the PWI Top 500, uh, but I have The Miz. And again, same reasons as I mentioned when we talked about him. Uh, on the PWI's list, but consistent, amazing heel, getting people over, uh, such as the B team to, you know, obviously they're the Miztourage at that time, but still it got them elevated to a good spot, did great work as the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, he's doing amazing stuff now that he's on SmackDown with Daniel Bryan. Just amazing. So that's my number seven. I like the Miz. Uh, he's going to be one above uh, what you've got him here at because my number seven is Tommaso Ciampa. That guy has done nothing but hit home runs from a heart storyline, right? Like every, the storyline is like you feel something at every turn of the way, and it's been all year uh, with this thing, and he's just come back. uh, What he said, he's come back as the meanest, you know, scoundrel out there, and he's just got the most genuine heat I've seen in a while, um, and just seemingly can't do anything uh, wrong and everything is different like there's unique twist to what they do i mean i i would have thought we've seen everything with a last man standing but i never thought falling into standing position to win the match mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. just just killing it with tomaso chomp at number seven and then at number six that brings me to the miz uh for all the reasons you've said i mean the guy can do no wrong and then he's what killing it with one of the highest rated uh reality shows on the yeah. network so uh, the guy is golden he's money the miz is great all right i will go into my number six and my number six was your number seven and that is tomaso <laughs> champa all right. yeah i think again to he doesn't th- th- this is what i'll say this is why he's in the top 10 and i'm just going to leave it at this in 2018 he walks out to no entrance music 
and gets a reaction. Yeah. There's there's no there's no oh I hear this, you know, there's no glass shatter and I have a reaction. It's literally he walks out and we go, Boo this oh, man. It's that guy. Boo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anybody and else comes out with no insane. music and the crowd takes a while to kind of figure out and they just kind of murmur and don't do anything. No, they look over and they're like, oh, no, fuck this. Boo. <laughs> right. Start throwing stuff. So right there is why he should be in the top 10. But he's number six for me. Uh, he had some injuries uh, that kept him off uh, the main uh, NXT roster for a while. So that's why he's a little bit lower. I think if he was doing what he's doing now for the entire last year, he might be number two uh, on my list. But I think he's amazing. The only reason he's lower uh, than two is because of the injury. But yeah, like I said, he walks out with no entrance music and everyone instantly boos. I don't yeah. think anyone else could do that. It's no. insane. I love it. All right. And then uh, my number five, throwing another wrench at you. Okay. You ready for this one? Yeah. I don't think you even have him on your radar. I'm going with possibly the goat. I'm going with Y2J, Chris Jericho. Yeah, I did. I thought about that. I mean, he's putting a lot of work even outside of the WWE even, which is another amazing deal. Here's a guy who's a, a for sure Hall of Famer when it's said and done. Could mm-hmm. even be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, I definitely could argue he's got, if Edge was a first ballot Hall of Famer, Chris Jericho uh, definitely fits the, fits the criteria. Um, and uh, yeah, that he's got this deal where... He can kind of come and go, but then he can still come and go around there. He, yeah, it's really odd. Um, and he's just, and the drive and determination to still do it while still doing the music, which is being successful for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one of the the hardest working guys in wrestling history is Chris Jericho and definitely deserving to be on the list. But I don't have him on mine, but that's a good one. Yeah, I have him on the list because if you just think about what he did in the past year, it's similar to what Cody Rhodes did two years ago where Cody was on Slammiversary, uh, yeah. Wrestle Kingdom, and WrestleMania. That was a little bit different because one of the companies he asked to leave, right, where Chris Jericho won the Intercontinental Championship in New Japan Pro Wrestling and then also was a part of the Saudi Arabia Greatest Royal Rumble, yeah. Raw 25, uh, was a part of a – triple uh, or excuse me not a triple uh main event but a uh triple threat match on smackdown with aj styles and kevin owens and then yeah now he's currently the intercontinental champion in new japan pro wrestling and yeah it totally makes sense the none of this with, is out out of the wild the difference with Rhodes and jericho doing that with the events is that jericho had uh the blessing of wwe to do that when Rhodes didn't right like jericho well, could do it with wwe fully being like yeah that's cool yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, Jericho had a match with Kenny Omega, showed up on Raw 25, and then went back to New Japan Pro Wrestling to win the Intercontinental Championship over Naito. Like, that's incredible. And his work, work has been really good. I think that Kenny Omega match is arguably one of the best matches he's ever had in his career. Uh, I think that also speaks to Kenny Omega. But, you know, Chris Jericho at, what, 46, 48, something like that? That's insane for him to do. So, for the pop, similar to what Cody did, but in a different sense, and this is more in ring, and that's why I have him higher. I got Chris Jericho at number five. All right, my number five is Cody Rhodes, guy you mentioned earlier, and same thing, just uh, gone outside of that WWE umbrella and and done nothing but improve. And I can't wait to see him back because I'd like to see this version of Cody Rhodes get into this mix with these characters and tell what stories he could 
in that regard. Now, I don't want him just as an add-on to everybody else that's already there. We talked about this. We need to kind of flush mm-hmm. some old out, bring some new in. But Cody Rhodes at a, at a solid number five for me. Number four, I've got the big man Brock Lesnar, man. Uh, you know, just in the UFC mix, uh, Paul Heyman by his side at all times never hurts anybody. I feel like you got Paul Heyman by your side and already be in the top ten just by default because he's going to get you there uh, if you're halfway decent. So um, just and can do that can be at the same time with that same gimmick with the same guy with Paul Heyman can be the top baby face or the top heel in a moment's notice based on how they want to play the angle of any individual thing. So, yeah, I've got the Brock Lesnar at number four. All right. I'll get into my number four. Uh, again, I think it's the most consistent wrestler on the main roster, uh, on the raw side, at least uh, for sure. Um, and that is Seth Rollins. I think he's the current, you know, goat. I, you know, I've got another guy on the main roster higher than him, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But Seth Rollins, night in, night out, kills it. And he's always been pushed to that main storyline, right? He had the main event uh, for the Intercontinental Championship that closed a pay-per-view. thought that was insane. Um, He does really good. I think the only reason I don't have him at number one is because he doesn't have clear direction. There's nothing that I get excited to see him on my TV each and every week. I get excited for his matches, but if he goes to cut out a, or cut a promo, I don't know. That could be a miss. You know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. what what is he saying? Hey, it's great to be here. Oh, now I'm fighting Kevin Owens. Like I don't know. That's all right. Um, but yeah, I think he, I still think he's amazing. Uh, I think he's I think he's the future. Like Roman, step aside, man. I think Seth Rollins, and I've said that. Maybe that's just me because I wanted that back when they were the Shield, but Seth Rollins well, is the main. I think when he was hitting it and he had the authority storyline, I would have agreed with you. Like, this is the next guy. He had everything behind him. And then that injury, and I feel like he hasn't hit that level back, but it's in him. It's clearly in him. Yeah. Oh, I think I think what bought or uh, – had me buy into him was when he went that hour and a half and he beat John Cena and he beat Roman Reigns. And then he, uh, you know, had that marathon match. I thought that was when I was like, yep, that's totally makes sense. And now his matches with Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler is insane too, course, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's, I think he's great. All right. So number three, and this is the highest, uh, I have an outside WWE wrestler ranked, but it is Kenny Omega. I mean, we've said almost all there is that can be said, but like I said, uh, before um, matches with Okada matches with Cody or the storyline with the Cody Rhodes, bringing back the golden lovers, the fun stuff that he was doing with the young bucks there for a minute, all of that stuff. I think it's insane. I actually get to see him on my American television because I have access TV. So it comes on later, but I get to catch that when it's on and he has good matches. Every time I see him on there too. Uh, I might have, I think, have to I look. think, I think, yeah, I think he's I think he's incredible. I think he looks the part. Uh, I don't want him to sign WWE because I think he's a dork. I think he'll be the bullet. I think he'll be the rubber band club in WWE. Oh gosh, he'd sign up with the with the Good Brothers, wouldn't he? I think he's the same thing. I think I if know. he gets signed, he would have better matches, but be the same level. And that's just my opinion with yeah. the constipation that they have up there. So that's my number three. All right, now you get to your number two and number one. Well, my number three. Uh, I thought you went three. No, I did four. Uh, oh, okay, my bad. So my number three here is Braun Strowman, and we've hit on everything. Why? I mean, just those hands, man. You know, and you just you see that guy, and you see him yell, and you see him throw stuff, and you go, yeah. I mean, who would 
You, you're not going to stop that guy? Of course. They give that yep. man what he wants. He wants a cheeseburger. Give it to him. All right, my number two uh, is is probably the most controversial out there, man. It's Roman Reigns. I just feel oh, like... Oh, you're I feel gross. Like everywhere you go, that guy is getting your crowd to react. He's selling merch. Uh, he, he, people are talking about your thing because you got Roman Reigns on there. He's out there snapping pics. He's on all the things. He sucks at it, but he's there doing it, and he's you know they're making money, so you got to give him his credit. Boo! Hey, I don't I'm like nice, saying yeah. these things. I, a journalist doesn't like the truth all the time. I feel like if you put anyone in that spot, though, they're all doing the same thing. Maybe not the reaction, but yeah. Anyhow, I like it. Good, good for you too. Roman Reigns. Good. Uh, my turn, right? Yeah. Number two, I have the best wrestler on the main roster on the SmackDown side. And that is old man Chip Gaines, as Emily likes to call him, because she thinks he looks like Chip Gaines from Fixer Upper. I got AJ Styles. He does kind of look like that guy. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, what what can, we've we've said it all, right? Like he's literally putting in the best yeah. matches of his career at the age of forty one. I think the only reason I didn't put him at number one is the storyline with Nakamura kind of took some sizzle off the steak. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I was really into that that much. Um, the the thing with Samoa Joe is just off the chains, but yeah, right, but. It's still new, too. You know what I mean? So uh, him as champion beating uh, Jinder Mahal was great. Um, but he's had some bad losses when he lost to Brock Lesnar at, at Survivor Series. That kind of made him look like shit. Um, and so I didn't put him higher. I didn't put him at number one for those reasons. But I think, you know, he's incredible. He's he's the man. He's yeah, awesome. All right. And now I'm doing my number one. Yep. My number one. And it's because in 2018, when you act like a baby face and you get a baby face reaction, that is incredible. We've talked about it in our first segment. We've talked about it with Roman Reigns and other people. It is so fun to boo the good guy because we're smarks and we know better. And blah, 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 blah. That guy's a nerd. That guy's a nerd. Or this guy doesn't do the moves as good as the other guy. But this is the only guy that comes to my mind outside of maybe K- Kenny Omega. But again, that's a Japanese crowd. No, the AJ Styles gets a lot of good reactions, but yeah. again, this is different. And he had two five star matches from old dorky Dave Meltzer, so that's another reason why I put him at number one. But I got Johnny Gargano at number one. Really? Huh? Yep. I he had a five star match with uh, Almas at NXT Takeover, and he's in a storyline with Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. And getting cheered. You know how easy it would be? And that's a credit to both of them. But I think, again, it's it's harder to stay cheering for someone. He's still getting cheered throughout this entire storyline. We haven't turned off. And, yeah, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's doing the 1980s baby face, and he's doing it so well that we're following him with it, right? We are sad when he gets hurt or we're excited when he wins or we're devastated when he loses. And to do that in 2018 post stone cold, as I mentioned is incredible. So right there, that's why I think he should get the top spot. And I think he is coming out to be the heart and soul. When we look back at it up NXT, which is the hottest brand in the world, right? It yeah, is certainly the number one era thing. of it. Yeah. He's the, he's he's the, the new, 
Yeah, he's the new Sami Zayn in NXT, right. but he's doing it with five-star matches against uh, Almas, and he has the best storyline in NXT history with Tommaso Ciampa. And so, yeah, Johnny yeah. Gargano. Yeah, maybe I should have given him more thought, but I've got my number one is AJ Styles, and we don't need to hit on all that again. I think we've got a solid set of 10, either one of us, and between the two of us, we came up with a good 15 to 20 there that I think it's pretty hard to argue that it should be, you know, the that those names are in that in that set of groups so because we're geniuses and that's what we do we're definitely top of the list of the wrestling podcast top 500 we're number one with a bullet yeah oh yeah all right well we'll take a break we will come back and what are we gonna do what are we gonna we're gonna talk about about all in we're not gonna break it down because we're not gonna act as if we've been following all these careers so big we can't right we're just gonna give our general reactions so stay tuned don't leave us now uh we'll keep it concise as much as possible but you'll like it all right stay tuned for our next three hour segment about all in coming up when we return to the spanish announce table fun fact Growing up in Robbinsdale, Minnesota, Rick Rude attended high school with Mr. Perfect. The Spanish Announce Table. This is Rob Schamberger, the Artist of Champions, and you're listening to the Spanish Announce Table. The Spanish Announce Table. So we've talked about how in our PWI and personal top 10 list, if you made our radar, that's pretty impressive because we're WWE fans by default. And then from there we branch out. Right. And one event that's actually done that for us outside of the wrestle kingdoms and things like that, which we've casually heard about, but have actually got our attention and, I don't know. Are you going to watch this? I'm. I think I might watch this. Yes, but it's, I, I may have to watch it after the fact. But yes, I right. intend to watch this event. Yes, but it is. And what we were talking about is the All In card uh, taking place in Chicago, Illinois, USA. Uh, the first, what they're calling zero hour pre-show, actually airs on WGN America, which is a channel that I feel like everyone gets if you have any type of cable package. If you plug a TV into your wall with no cable, I think you get WGN. Yeah, you're going to get your three local channels and then WGN America. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those channels. But uh, the pre-show itself is jam-packed with indie stars and past stars from you know other decades you have uh billy gunn brian cage colt cabana um ethan page jimmy jacobs you also have the briscoes that aren't a part of that match but you have the briscoes on there so you have some good names just on the pre-show just to get you hyped for the event uh and then on the main card which you can get at fight.tv you have guys like the Young Bucks and Abushi. You have Rey Mysterio kicking off the damn event. That should tell you how deep this card is of, of indie talent is when a legend like Rey Mysterio is in your first match. And, and this is according to um, the lineup we found online. It could change, but I think this is pretty accurate. Then you got uh, Joey Janela and Hangman Page in a Chicago street fight. Joey Janela is insane. He might literally kill Page in this match. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Uh, then you got then you got your little marquee fun gimmick match, Christopher Daniels, who can have a good match with a broom versus uh, that actor guy. I yeah, forget his Stephen name. Amell. Sorry, I'm looking at it and I already forgot his name. Yeah, Stephen Amell. Uh, you got some women's matches in there. Tessa Blanchard, who's you know 
Tully Blanchard's yeah. daughter. Yeah. Obviously really you good. Madison Rain. You got Foot Face, so you got <laughs> her in there. That's going to be fun. Uh, you got Chelsea Green, who was in on TNA as like this. She got stood up at the altar and then just yeah, kept wearing the dress. And I love that. That was so great. She's awesome. Uh, then you've got Jay Lethal versus the winner of the over the budget battle royal, which I mentioned had his Colt Cabana and Billy Gunn and Jay Lethal's great too. Man. Brian Cage, I like Brian Cage. I think Brian yes. Cage is insane for how big he is. He moves like Rey Mysterio, but he's yeah. built like Brock Lesnar. It's incredible. Uh, and then in the main event, you got Nick Aldis, the NWA heavyweight champion, uh, taking on Cody Rhodes, the husband so, of uh, Mickey James, Nick Daddy. Aldis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's the card just kind of briefly going over. That? Because Cody Rhodes is is in charge of this thing, but that seems a little cliche, right? And I feel like he's the kind of guy who would do everything to not put himself over in this moment, right? Because the business would be more important. Like, you think, yeah. you think Nick, I, but I feel like, God, Cody Rhodes with that NWA World Heavyweight Championship looks pretty cool. I think. I think if I read correctly, it would be the first time ever that the NWA heavyweight championship would have been held by a father and then a son. So it's been held by brothers with Terry and Dory Funk, but it's never been held by a father and then a son. So what better son than Dusty Rhodes' son? And Cody Rhodes, like we said, is killing it right now. So that would make sense. Another match I forgot to mention, one of the best wrestlers in the world, Kenny Omega, taking on one of the funnest wrestlers in the world, in my opinion, Pentagon Jr. Uh, so that's the, the other match there. Um, well, uh, and the Briscoe brothers, I always have fun whenever I see them. I'm a bit, yeah. I, like I, I get Christopher Daniels is taking on Stephen Amell, but man, I really like uh, Daniels and Kazarian together. Like that would be great to see them in the Briscoe brothers. But I mean, I, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of that out there to watch if I want to. But. Right. Yeah. And I think for Stephen Amell to have a safe match with someone on the Indies, oh, the best yeah. person could that be would a better be guy. Yeah. Christopher Daniels. Yeah. 75 year old uh, Christopher Daniels. Yeah. Still kicking. Jesus, yeah. man. He is going to die in the ring. Hopefully not, but it seems that way. Beat both of us up at the same time, probably. Nah, he ain't, yeah, he ain't taking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me. yeah probably. Yeah. I got a bum shoulder. Right. Uh, so that's kind of the the rundown of the card. Um, who do I think? You know, from a storyline well, perspective, Billy Gunn is in this battle royal. That's what I was saying. Billy Gunn is in <laughs> yeah. this battle royal. How cool is that? Uh, and Punisher a, Martinez, friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. But going back to how you asked me about Nick Aldis and Cody Rhodes, I, I think I wouldn't be shocked if they start some storyline from this, right? So you could do Nick Aldis retains and, hell, have Kenny Omega interfere and cost mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes the championship and then run with that, right? Yeah. Or, or you could have Cody take the title because of the Bullet Club and then do the Nick Aldis versus Bullet Club storyline and have that just go to every show in the country. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be match of the night. I think that match will be I, I think it'll either be the Aldis and Cody Rhodes just because they know how much is on the line and they can produce a good match or the Hangman Page Joey Janela. Like I said, Joey Janela is another guy that got on my radar just because of how incredibly insane he is and he could easily I don't know, burn himself to death, and I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I'd be sad, uh, but I wouldn't. Of all the street fights ever in pro wrestling history, whenever they call it a something street fight, it always sounds the most intense when it's a Chicago street fight. Any yeah, other town or whatever just never is cool. Chicago street fight sounds like, oh, this shit's about to go down. 
Yeah, well, because Chicago is a, I mean, they call it Chirac because people are dying there all the damn time in the streets. Uh, So, yeah, of course. Um, But what do you think overall? So this event's going down. It's got our attention as kind of a WWE by default fan. Do you think this is going to be the start of something big? Do Let me rephrase that question. Do you think this is going to be as important of an event as people are trying to build it up to be? I think it could be if like the NWA existed the way it used to back in the day where, you know, it was a little bit more prominent like this, you know, where this is a big event of a bunch of different companies, top draws and unique acts coming together for a big show. You know what I mean? Like, and so here you have that NWA title, you have those kind of things where we can build around the country and then it crescendos into this. It could be, but now who's in charge of that? Can Cody Rhodes and the, and the young bucks do this year over year? Or does there have to be like a, an office staff set aside at some point? You know what I mean? Like right. you do mm-hmm. this. Yeah. That's a, that's a very great point. And I honestly, I never even thought about that is yeah. Let's say this time next year, uh, one of the young bucks has an injury. Well, he's not necessarily caring that this show goes off. He's worrying about rehabbing Cody a knee Rose or something. Resigns with WWE. Right. Then who takes over the reins? Is it going to be a Kenny Omega or is it going to be a Marty Skrull or oh, Marty Skrull and uh, Okada is on here too. I mean, I missed a couple matches. Sorry about that guys. Um, that's another match. Uh, very disappointed. Marty Skrull, such a letdown. All sizzle, no steak. Don't like it. Anyhow, um, I'm interested. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm interested also in what uh, accompanies this, and that's the star cast, right? So you have literally all of this top talent. And then if you go along with the weekend before, which starts, I think, tonight into Sunday, I believe, um, you have the Eric Bischoff uh, Q&A. You have a Bruce Pritchard Q&A. You have the Godfather yeah, you have the godfather of all podcasts, Conrad Thompson. Then you got all these uh, side acts and autograph sessions. This could be the independent version of WrestleMania. The fair question that you asked and the important question that you asked is, okay, let's say, like it did this year, 10,000 tickets sold in 30 minutes. In three years, are you selling 10,000 tickets in 30 minutes and just saying, like, this is our thing? Or are you trying for 15,000 tickets and you're only selling 12,000 tickets? You know what I'm saying? Right. And, okay, so like you said, what if Cody signs? What if Nick Aldis signs? I bet you he'd love to be in WWE with his wife. That would probably be very beneficial for both people, you know? And so there's a lot of... I think it is as important as people are building up to be to answer my question to you. Um, I think this is, yeah, you're welcome. I think, I think if done right, we could see maybe a Conrad Thompson takes over and says, you know, I'm done with the mortgage game. I want to take over all in and all in is going to be my thing. And I'm going to, you know, run the show and book my talent on here. It's a bit of a wild card, right? Because I I don't know if we know what his net worth is, but by all accounts, he's got some scratch. And now he's he's marrying it to Flair. Yeah, and he's got a clout name. Yeah. (sighs) Man. But, yeah, I think this is going to be fun. I I hope it happens really – I hope everything happens great, right? I hope no – bitter star tries to sandbag someone else in the battle Royal or something like that to try to get themselves over. 
or yeah, who knows? What is Billy uh, Corgan? He's the NWA president. Maybe he takes over and runs this thing. Right. And he knows how to run a business. And right. so, yeah, maybe this becomes an NWA all in event and NWA, since it doesn't necessarily right. have an organization, just brings in the best talent each year. This work with it all could, those things. Yeah. It has a lot of upside and I'm very excited about it. Uh, and, and man would like that. I guarantee you he would like that because then it's a repository for guys to go that, Hey man, you suck right now. I don't want to put all the time and money into you. Go work and get better and come back and see us. You yeah. Know, like, pull a Cody. Right. Exactly. Right. As long as it ain't fucking with my money, right? As long as you're not beating yeah. me in the ratings and I'm losing TV partners. He's all for that. Like, you know, he doesn't want you to not make money. He just doesn't want you to take his money. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I, I, I'm very interested in this. Uh, also, I'm very interested in it because I'd like to attend next year, right? It would be right. really fun to, to see the NWO, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Eric Bischoff, and uh, X-Pac or whatever he was, because Six-Pac and right. WCW. Yeah, it would be cool to get a picture with those guys or hear Bruce Pritchard make up a story that we know is fake, but we're going to say is real. Oh, yeah, and then like, we'd all see like, that Pac stuff versus whoever else got released. And then we'll see like Pac versus Big Cass. And, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, we could see a whole hodgepodge of just talent coming together and it gives you the alternative. Right. So if WrestleMania isn't in the cards, well, yeah. save up for all in, you know, right. And go all in. And you know what? You can go yeah. all in on the Spanish announce table because we'll be back next week with another uh, another chunk to go all in. If I can get vaguely sexual with you uh, with, with another great episode of the Spanish announce table. Fun fact, Goldberg only lost one singles match in his entire WWE career. That was to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 33. The Spanish Announce Table.